0: Welcome to the Light Bears Institute podcast, where we seek to improve biblical literacy by discussing key storylines and themes in scripture. So welcome back to the Light Bears podcast here. I have a special guest with me today, Ross Cully from uh, his office here at the Harvest Group in Rogers, Arkansas. And Ross, it's so great to see you, man. Yeah, it's great to be here, Kevin. Good to see you. You and I have a lot of history together. Uh, we could talk a long time in a podcast about uh, different times in life, but but really want to celebrate something with you today. And I'm really excited. I've been looking forward to this time together because it was just at 10 years ago, almost to the day, that you and I were a part of something that ended up being very special for Light Bears. And and so we're going to talk about a special apartment complex that we were on the board together and bought for Light Bears. And so before we do, I'd love for people to know who you are. So tell us who Ross Cully is, what you do, and how did you get introduced to Light Bears?
1: Yeah. Well, I think for me, the biggest thing that I'd want folks to know is I'm a follower of Jesus. And my spiritual story started at home as a young kid, as a, my, my parents introduced me to Christ and believed with childlike faith and, and continue to grow my faith. And I moved to Northwest Arkansas after college to uh, pursue a career in the consumer packaged goods industry and uh, met my wife in college. We subsequently got married, got four kids and, uh, my professional journey brought me from working for a large company, Procter & Gamble, to now owning my own business for the last 13 years. And, uh, and so my introduction to Bears really came on my professional journey. I was working at a company where I got to hear a Lightbears staff member talk about what Lightbears did. And so as a business-oriented follower of Jesus, as I got to understand the model of owning these homes in college towns, just coming out of college. Uh, realizing the importance of of community to continue to grow uh, in my faith. I was drawn towards that. And and then as a business person to understand the financial impact that while we're light bears is pouring into this community and growing college students' faith, that we're taking that money and then pouring that into the kingdom overseas, I really liked that. And so as I got introduced to the organization, I was really drawn to it. And uh, the person that, that came and shared was getting ready to head overseas to visit a librarian's partner in Southeast Asia. And I'd never been on a mission trip, never been to a mission trip in a U.S. city, never been you know, to a, a country near the U.S. like Mexico on a trip. And so the idea of going to Southeast Asia was pretty intimidating for me. And so I remember I was running at the time and just felt that the Lord was calling me to go. And, and so I jumped on that trip and went over to Southeast Asia and my eyes were, were really open to what God was doing around the world in and bringing his kingdom come in a way that I'd never seen before. And so that was, that was my initial introduction to libraries.
0: Yeah. And, and that you didn't stop there, obviously, yeah. uh, from the, from there, um, not only did you get that experience, but you owned it. You know, I remember you coming home and, uh, hearing later that that partner had been in a major accident. And and needed some uh, uh, some care. He had an elbow issue, and the surgery that they had done in South Asia really didn't take. And talk about that! Like you, you woke up maybe on the same run, you know, <laughs> or same same route, you anyway, know, yeah. on the run, and said, "I got to do something about this." And you did. What What did you do there?
1: Yeah, so it was probably nine to ten months after we went over to visit this partner, and this partner was someone that was really ministering to a, a really a whole region of his country. And so he had pastors that he was shepherding. Uh, he had various ministries that he was involved in. And so on part of his his ministry to pastors was to travel around and visit them, encourage them and and visit churches that were being planted. And on one of those trips... We found out that some some radical Muslims in that area of the country had found out he was coming and had paid off some bus drivers to look for his car and and to run into it, and so that that happened and he was he was injured pretty badly. And so I'm an action oriented person, uh, and so I really resonate with Peter in the scriptures, and so. Sometimes that means I can pull out my sword and cut off an ear and it's like, whoops. But sometimes it means that I really am drawn towards what God's calling me to do. And so I was just in that place where I just wanted to help him. I had just grown in unity and love for him through that trip. And so uh, as I followed along with his journey, it, it became clear that the medical care he was getting was was not good. And, and it seemed to be he- his health was heading downhill. And so. Ended up finding a Christian hospital here in the U.S. that was willing to donate a surgery. And we worked really hard to get him here. His health had really declined to where he couldn't travel alone. And and so I was praying one morning and just thinking through how do we get him back here and decided to look in my passport and kind of consider, gosh, could I go get him? And found that I had a multiple entry visa that had, I think, four weeks left on it. Wow. And so I ended up popping on a plane, flying over. I think I was in country like 36 hours and came back and the surgery was successful. He lived with us for about a month. And uh my wife, who's a physical therapist, did a lot of his post surgery, physical therapy. And it was it was just a fun story to see how God used his kingdom and, and his church globally to uh to come alongside a brother who'd who'd been attacked. So yeah, it was uh, not just a trip that ended uh when I landed back here in the States.
0: Yeah, I think that speaks well of you certainly your desire to whatever the Lord's in, you just want to be all in. And uh, certainly serving with you on the board, I saw that. I see that in your life now. And so as I think back my 13 years with Light Bears and really two years prior to that as a board member, I'm honored. I'm mean, just as excited to serve with you. And that would really spoke to your heart and also just the significance of connecting resources in a place that has first world hospital care and and their financial resources and the ability to get on an airplane and get a passport and all these things that we enjoy here in the U S to the needs of people that are um, planting churches and sharing the gospel in hard places. And so that spoke well enough, I think to the group, the the board to say, Hey, this, maybe this young buck ought to join us. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, there's something there. And so, so you, you, you went on a trip, you served a partner, saw the model play out and then uh, ended up on the board. You've been a mentor to uh, some of our students over the years. And, um, Certainly played a role in our missions committee, and all, I mean there's all kinds of ways I think that the Ross Kelly thumbprint is deep and, and broad and wide you know in in what we do, so you know God used light bears in my life
1: and really opened my eyes to what he 's doing globally that otherwise I was really oblivious to it was it was someone else's thing right. in the church before I went and got involved with light bears and you know, being a, a business person, kind of a math-oriented person, as I understood the 10:40 window, and as I understood the math behind a good portion of our our globe that didn't have a witness of who Jesus is, and and the idea of learning, there's people that you say Jesus, and they don't know who that is. Mm-hmm. I, I had to go and see that to really understand it, and so. Libraries really unlocked that for me, and I feel like God used it to show me a part of who He made me to be, and so it it kind of unlocked a passion part in my in my heart that I hadn't discovered at that point in my life, and and would have said, "Hey, that's important." It's just kind of not my thing, and so I'm totally grateful to the Lord for how He has sovereignly used libraries to to show me that and, and then give me an on-ramp to get involved in it in a way that I felt like matched my, my gift mix. And so when I came out of college, I felt like um, there, there at times can be a bifurcation depending on the culture that, that you live in that, Hey, if you're really ser- serious about your faith, you go into vocational ministry. And if you're kind of serious, then you you go into the, the secular workforce. And I really wrestled with that question as I was coming out of, of college. And so to, to be able to use some of my gifts for the kingdom as a business person, as somebody who is involved in strategic planning, it was really a blessing to me. And I think that's really, there's an opportunity in the church, I think, to unlock some roadmaps for business people to get involved in global work. Uh, I think it's an easier on-ramp maybe for a medical professional to say, I'm going to go serve overseas and, and put on a clinic. But I think for business people, it can be a little bit of a, where do I start? And so Lightbearers really gave me that start.
0: Yeah, it was significant to me as well, because when I got involved, I was a business guy as well, you know, and and loved that and thought that was going to be something pretty long term for me. And uh, certainly the Lord had a different path, you know, for me in that now being on staff 13 years and um, grateful, joyful to have been able to do that. So so I agree with you. I think um, it is great, great intersection between. the needs and the gifts, right? I mean, the Lord designed that. And, and so to be a conduit to match those two things up has been a real, real joy. And it's a personal passion of mine. I remember my wife and I talking when we were just dating in college and she said, well, what would your dream job be? You know, I was premed uh, pre-med at the time and uh, I think she expected me, maybe she's, uh, let me back up. She's wise enough to know I was not going to say like to be a doctor, right? <laughs> so she knew that's not where I should be, but that was where I was headed. And I just said, you know, I think it would be amazing someday to see the needs of people that are slugging it out for the gospel overseas and the resources we have in the United States and somehow to figure out how to match them up. And never thought of that again until, you know, after committing to Light Bears, and she came back and said, you remember that conversation we had, you know, behind your house in college, it Didn't got wow. good, you know, so amen to what, what you're saying. And uh, we were both business guys. We dove into the board together and then um, in God's providence, you know, here we are. The journey has been amazing, I think, and, and uh, just reflecting back a couple of seasons, I want us to just sort of dive a little deeper into, because you and I could talk all day about memories, but I'm assuming that whoever's driving has to be somewhere at a certain time, so we should probably <laughs> yeah. give them some direction. So you and I could dialogue all day, right, with lots of different phone calls and and lunches and memories and the ma- amazing people we've gotten to meet and the amazing partners we've seen uh, over the years, you've visited, you know, in Africa and the Middle East and Southeast Asia and South Asia and, and, and through Light Bears. And I've joined you on some of those. We've gone separately. I want to think about two time periods in particular as we anticipate the 10 year anniversary of our apartment complex at Light Bears there in Fayetteville. Uh, one is 2007. So we were on the board together for a year at that point. Mm-hmm. And we had a really unexpected leadership change, not, not the kind you, you look forward to. And as we had to call, and you were a part, and I can't remember, Ross, were you board chair at the time? Uh, yes. Okay, so you had to call some quick board meetings. Man, talk about that season. Just what was it like to have to lead a board as a young leader in an organization that you love, and now all of a sudden there's this um, sort of chaos before us that we need to, uh, we need to address?
1: Yeah, I think it was, it was a hard time. And I think when I look back, on my youth during that time and being in that position, it really led me to dependence on the Lord, where I can tend to think I can do this in my own strength with my own personality. And so it was it was a real humbling time to be so young and to be going through an organizational leadership change that was unforeseen and that was challenging. I look back with praise to God and see in his wisdom and sovereignty that in that position, it brought me to my knees. It brought me into dependence on him in a, in a way that if I had maybe felt more prepared or experienced, I can tend to get ahead of him in my life. Mm -hmm. And, and so there, there was no getting ahead of him in that, in that season. And so I was so thankful for wise counselors on that board and and we had some pastors that came around us in our local church community. And so really the body of Christ was mobilized to to shepherd that leadership change in a way that hopefully was healthy
0: and, and honoring to the Lord. Yeah. So what a time that really was. What a significant decision. Again, it wasn't that we were debating how to calibrate this new, you know, this this development a little bit to tweak the organization. We were really debating whether the Lord had light bears to, to finish or to go forward. So we were talking about contemplating our future. And by God's grace, we uh, came together unanimously and said, no, there's something here. We wanna, we wanna build on. We wanna kind of do over a little bit. And so fast forward now to another time period I wanna talk about is 2009. So we're about 18 months after that. Um, and I get a phone call from somebody that in essence says, the Lord told me to take an asset that I have and assuming sort of A, B, and C come together, sell that asset and give the profits to Bears. And I remember thinking, and I hope that's the Lord, <laughs> you know, but I, but I don't want to drive that in this, this brother's life. And um, But boy, it was exciting to think about. I called you and this board chair and a friend to say, hey, Ross, man, I, I got to share this with somebody. It's, it's not a thing yet, but there's this uh, something, an undertone that there may be. Maybe something coming. So then, um, towards the latter part of April, Light Bears gets a check for one point five million dollars. And I remember, you know, you were very prayerful going to that too. So, what did that feel like when I called you and said, "Hey, Ross, uh, a big check just hit our bank account"?
1: Wow, yeah, it was uh, it was certainly an amazing day. That's not something that happens every day, no. for sure. And and I think in with the backdrop of really recent, not not too far behind that we were contemplating whether we were going to continue. And so I think when you put those in contrast, it, it was very humbling and, mm-hmm. and very much a time to praise God for how, how he had done that. I, I do remember talking with staff probably a year or two ahead of that saying, if somebody gave us a million dollars, are we prepared for it? And so there was this sense that this model was special. We felt like that the, the Lord was blessing it And we needed to prepare for more. But I think because we went through that transition and that season of questioning, do we continue? It just made God's glory bigger Mm -hmm. in his provision. And when you look through the scriptures, a lot of times he does that, doesn't he? He takes situations that feel hopeless or very dire Mm -hmm. and it takes a miracle, you know, and, and he gets the glory when he does that throughout history as he works. And so I think this is another example of that where, this wasn't some big strategic plan we'd been working on for ten right. years, and and we kind of high five that yeah, God provided, but we were really smart in doing this.
0: <laughs> well, to that point, we were. I mean, April two thousand nine. I mean, it doesn't take a economist over the age of you know thirty to go back and say, wow, that was a tough time. Nobody had yeah. extra money in April of two thousand nine, especially for many investments and. The markets were terrible, and and so I mean again, it's like the Lord just providing at the time when we were at the point of saying, "Well, this is going to be a hard year." You know, I don't know if people are going to be able to give in two thousand nine because eight was so rough. Nine has begun to be really tough, and so man, what a what a joy and unexpected joy. To your point, like I've told people before, I feel like we've tripped over more things that have brought you know brought things to pass to God's glory than we've whiteboarded and, and seen it come, you know, to perfection or whatever. So now we have some houses, we've, we've received this large gift. We, we think, okay, here we go. You know, we're going to operate our homes uh, with no debt and, and some cash reserve and wondering what, what this means. And then I'm at lunch with a friend in, I think early September would have been. And uh, he says, you know, I know you guys are not interested in apartment complexes, but I'd know of one that's going to come available, um, from a failed bank bank had failed. And this thing was in receivership and there's a long story behind it. And, uh, but it looks like this thing could come to be a great deal for somebody. And again, Oh nine, nobody had cash property values were going down. And yet this thing could, could be great. And my wife and I, then Michelle and I had a date that night and I, uh, text this friend of mine and said, well, what's the name of that apartment complex that you told me about? And he said, well, it's, I think it's forest something. And so Michelle and I got a date that night and I said, well, I want to drive over in the West side of town over the Weddington exit, because apparently there's an apartment complex that, you know, could be bought at a good price. And I knew the approximate price of it. And so sure, let's go. So we're driving around, we're looking at all these like 12 plexes or, you know, maybe 20 unit kind of complexes And I just couldn't find anything forest. And I remember Michelle saying, well, let's go to the North side of Weddington and uh, maybe there's something there. I thought there's nothing up there, but a hotel. And there's this big apartment complex. I think that's up there. So we, we park next to the sign that says Woodway and we look and she says, I bet this is it. Like, Oh, there's no way it's too big. It's too nice. There's no way this is it, you know? And um, she says, well, you know, Let's just, let's pray right here. Like, okay. So we sit by the, by the Woodway sign. Literally, I could reach out to my window and slap the sign. And we prayed, the Lord, if you want us to have an apartment complex over here, we just trust you, you know, whatever. And then, so we went on to dinner and had a good time. The next morning, I get a text from my friend that says, the name's actually Woodway. And I called my wife. I was like, what was the name of that place we sat next to and prayed? You know, she said, well, it was Woodway. I was like, that's it. You were right. Like, that is it. No way. And so I called him back and I said, we want to see it like today and uh, called you. So now let's go to that phone call. So as a board, we're all rejoicing that, you know, like we, we have some cash reserve. We, we kind of know our thing. We've got all these houses. We we've got a few students. And <clears throat> and I call you at the time. We have eight students in Fayetteville. And I say something like, hey, Ross, are you sitting down? What do you think about buying 228 bedrooms for our eight students to live in in Fayetteville? And uh, let's talk about that moment.
1: Yeah, crazy is, I think, what I probably was going through my mind when I got that phone call. You know, at the time, you you mentioned it, our, our model was residential houses. We had no more than 10 students in those houses, and so the idea of an over 200 unit apartment complex was just a whole nother world. Mm-hmm. We had never operated one of those. We didn't know that many students. I mean, it, it, there's just a lot of things that uh, mentally and logically stood in the way of that being a good idea. And, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, a place of comfort, right? You just have this infusion of cash. And uh, we were thinking at the time about expanding geographically And trying to study the model to see, you know, what made the most sense, because we wanted to maximize our impact with our resources, right? I mean, you you look through the parable of the 10 talents. I mean, that, that was our heartbeat was we wanted to maximize the impact on students and the impact financially to what was going to the mission field. And so there was a lot of things that stood in the way mentally to initially considering mm-hmm. that idea. And so, but again, kind of going back to that parable of the 10 talents, the servant that is rewarded is the one that, that took risk. Mm-hmm. And the one that was, was rebuked or chastised was the one that that didn't risk or use the talents that were given to him. And so I think there was this tension in us that wanted to listen and, consider in faith, but there's a lot of barriers uh, to considering it initially.
0: Yeah, a lot. And I think the the voices of wisdom were all those, you know, fears in our head or the, you know, the reality that, man, what if this could really go south? This could really be the end of what we thought was some good momentum and really the end of the organization. It, you know, so um, as a board, I remember welcoming any feedback that was cautionary. Um, but the But the reality was we had to make a decision on pace with the opportunity. That makes sense. (laughs) This thing was here. We had a very short window to consider, make an offer and get this thing uh, closed. And that fell on you as a board chair to have to pull that thing together. And so, well, I mean, talk about just that, the decision itself and that, just that quick pace and what that, what that was like. Oh my gosh. It's totally countercultural to how I make
1: decisions personally. And, and, You know, I think in general, people would say wisdom, you know, is to take time and get counsel and really consider and weigh the costs and all of those things. And so, yeah, I I remember it was a, it was a, I think it's the FDIC maybe that, that manages receivership. I forget who, what what government agency, but that person was like in town for a week. And so there was like a hard deadline that we had to make this decision on. And so
0: there, it was a good deal for a reason too, right? I don't, do you remember what was the occupancy rate? Yeah, so when when we found out about it, the first uh, look was forty four percent occupied. Yeah, and, and uh, forty is terrible, horrible, <laughs> horrible, and and so yeah, who who are we to think? And
1: some of the financial institutions that we we took the opportunity to also kind of ask the question, who are you to think? Right. Someone who's never been in this marketplace of, of filling apartment complexes and running them that you can take a 44% to anywhere near where it needs to be uh, in order for this to be a successful venture. And so, yeah, as I said before, logically a lot standing in the way of this, time pressure in place. And so we as a board, we gathered quickly. I remember there being a real spirit of prayer Around this, we have some great um, wise people on our board that really just took this before the Lord. And ultimately, you know, the definition of faith, as it says in the scriptures, is believing without seeing. And, and so we went from a place of security and comfort and the easy thing to do of sitting on that cash to leaping out in faith. Mm-hmm. And there's some scariness to that. And yet that's what God calls us to do in our lives. And so we leapt out and we did it.
0: Yeah, we did. And I, I read an email uh, just kind of thinking about this 10 years, just getting nostalgic about that, this season. And uh, one of the emails we got from a board member, it says, uh, she wraps up her message saying, I'm inclined to jump as I think I'd be jumping into the arms of God. God help us all. That that seems to encapsulate it, right? It this uh, this expression of faith, and
1: yet, Lord help us. Yeah, and uh, and we've all been there personally, and we see through history how God calls His people to trust in Him, and to use our redeemed minds as much as we can to to really consider. And there's some biblical wisdom to say, hey, if you're going to build a barn, make sure you can finish it. Right. So if Absolutely. you don't, you know, the world looks and, and laughs at you and your God. And so there was some number crunching and some thought that went into this, but you, you can't look at it and say, oh, well, logically, this all made sense right. for you guys to take this step. So there was, there was for sure a prayerful and, and faith element Involved and some fear, and sometimes that happens when we take steps of faith.
0: Yeah, and I I remember just being on the staff side. You know, this excitement that, and and certainly cautionary myself as a board member to say, "Hey, here are my concerns and and my my thoughts as well." Certainly, I was advocating for it, but you know, cautiously. You know, but the opportunity was there, and I remember then sending this email and, and celebrating, "Hey, this place is ours!" And everyone's like, "This is great!" And then they're going back to life and. And I walk on this place going, oh my goodness, <laughs> 44% <laughs> occupied. And then we ended up taking it down to 10% once we like really got into the hood and realized that some of these people weren't really paying rent. And, and there was all kinds of things that went on. And so so now we're down to 10% occupancy and we just have to make it work. I mean, we just took the, you know, make the decision and then figure it out, uh, you know. And so uh, my family and I, we we moved in uh, right after purchasing it. And then, uh, Benny and Angela story were on staff at the time and they moved in and, and then just emails, things began to come. And we, uh, we set up, uh, some promotional things to try to get some other, uh, believers there who have a heart for ministry and a heart for students. And, um, but in the end, the Lord just brought his favor.
1: Oh Um, yeah, he did. There's there's a lot of hard work that went into it, but for sure, without his favor it wouldn't have wouldn't have happened. And so a lot of people within the church were mobilized to uh, to give their time and their talents and their efforts to uh, to get the place ready to go. And you know, I think anytime an organization has multiple objectives like light bears, it's hard to hold those in balance. And and so I think for a long time we had really done well giving. Uh, overseas and being connected overseas. But I think there's this sense for us organizationally that we really could grow in our discipling of students. And uh, we could really grow in maximizing our expertise in, in real estate, which is part of our model. And, and this really pushed us, I think, to fill out those two areas of the ministry in a way that had really not been done to that point. But it came up with a lot of work, a lot of sponsorship from the local, the local community.
0: Yeah, it's actually become an asset of the community. I was as I've thought about you know what the last ten years has been like, and just how many of the churches have come and and either put people there. We've been able to help them, but but they've sent work teams. Uh, local companies have sent work teams. Um, mentorship from the churches and the and local businesses and other nonprofits that we've partnered with, you know, to house uh, uh, some of their clients or some of the people that they've wanted to help in other ways, and so it's been, uh, it's just been neat to see how this place is really, it's so much bigger than light bears. It's so much bigger than what our staff does uh, ministry wise. And uh, I was visiting with one of your staff that just brought us in the conference room here. And she said, I probably know half the people living there over the years now because of just being there so much and, and being invited to so many things and um, engaging with internationals or Bible studies or, or whatever. By God's grace, he just used these conversations in 2009 in a uh, a small board of people that leapt into the arms of God uh, and didn't forget that we really need His help, you know, all along the way. And then, and there's been some neat fruit, you know. I think about, you know, you said, and you're right. And you know, we were we we're funding a lot of mission work and really focused on missions, but really not much on the discipleship side, um, sort of to match that up with. And to think about now this huge push of discipleship and really just the number of students that have come through there and the, the residents and things over the last 10 years with these uh, bedrooms being full and, but also almost $800,000 in missions money that has been given away just from the Fayetteville's uh, apartment complex. And it's really become a pilot that changed our whole trajectory forward. Mm-hmm. So while we were on the board together, right, we, we decided let's, let's sell some houses. Right. And I remember the board early on saying, does this mean we're not going to do houses anymore? Do you remember those conversations? Absolutely. Wasn't that the concern of the boards? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we were willing
1: to leap out in faith, but I don't think we fully saw the vision of what God would do through this place in terms of the Institute becoming just an amazing part of the model and something that blessed our our students. What you mentioned, just the community aspect. I think, you know, one of the... Pictures in the scriptures for the kingdom of God is is a tree, is a tree that provides shelter and sustenance and community and blesses those that are under its shade. And I I really feel like it did become a picture of kingdom community, not just college students, but families that lived there, uh, missionaries coming back from overseas. It, It just really became this amazing community of blessing that was diverse and centered on God and learning about his word. And seeking to live authentically with one another, and so some of that vision we didn't quite see. uh, I think when we when we made that that call, and as we got into it, it became very clear that the blessings that came from this this model shift was where we needed to go in the future. I want to go back to one as a business person specific thing that I remember, and that is you know we you talked to a lot of bankers and financial. Folks, and so I remember you going back, you know, maybe a year later, mm-hmm. and and sharing the occupancy rates and and showing them what we'd done, and I just remember them being amazed, and yep. and just you know, uh, you're able to glorify God with just some excellence in results.
0: Yeah, we were uh, like I said, we we took over, you know, the thirtieth of October, and then in a short amount of time, realized we really only have ten percent occupancy here. It's really not forty four. We talk about paying tenants and um, to be able to say 18 months later that we're in the black. And then within a short time after that, we had a waiting list of people wanting to live there to be able to take that eight, that 18 month financials um, to our original bank that kind of in the end got squirrely and said, hey, I, I'm a little concerned. And rightly so. Right. We were definitely um, amateurs would give us too much credit, you know, in managing apartments <laughs> at that point. And um, to give that to a loan officer who's a believer and say, I can't wait to bring this to the underwriters and say, look what God did here. And uh, that was great to see the Lord just putting himself on display in, in, uh, you know, so many ways. And some of those 10% that stuck around to see some life impact there and others that have come. And, you know, I was just on the property um, this last week and a former tenant student came by. And, um, I just, you know, flagged him down. Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. How are you doing? And he said, he literally grabs me on both shoulders, squares me up and said, Kevin, this place changed my life. Oh wow! And I was like, Oh, you know, okay. You know, it's awesome. And, but I mean, just in t- he Goes, no, you don't understand. Listen, this place radically changed my life. And, um, man, that's a joyful thing to be a part of and to God be the glory, like the fruit is his. So as we sow and water and we, use brushes and power washers and pay our, you know, our property taxes and, and all the things that, that we do to steward this context. It's neat to see how the Lord over 10 years has just used it as a, is just a rich place to, to grow out his kingdom. And so.
1: Yeah, it is a, it's definitely a, a faith builder for me. And I think when I look through the scriptures, the Lord calls us to remember his faithfulness and the times that he's acted and that, informs us of who he is and what he's like and his character and and hopefully gives us courage as he calls us to future face steps and so I definitely look back at the purchase of Woodway and that 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 leap that was taken and see all the fruit that God's brought from it and it, it gives me courage as I walk forward uh, in my own life to follow him into hard things and to be generous with the fruit that God's given my family and when I think through, how that kind of came out of a hard place or a a trying time for us as an organization, it gives me hope that as I go through trying times, um, whether that's personally or in, in an organizational context, those scriptures are true, that we should rejoice in that, that that does something in us when we persevere through that and follow God through the darkness, that that produces character and character produces hope. And so it's been a, a huge lesson for me in my life and something that I was uh, really blessed to be a part of.
0: Yeah. I would amend in that in my own life as well. And as we think about what the next 10 years are going to look like, we're, you know, there's always a challenge and we're thinking about a national scale and how to make that work. And now we're at Oklahoma state with apartment complex and we're raising capital at Mississippi state and thinking about what's next. Uh, that same sort of 2007, eight, nine sort of insecurity. I can see in my own heart you know at times and uh, I think this has just been good for me Ross to reflect uh and just infuse some courage to think about you know what the what the next 10 years are going to be not only in Fayetteville but certainly in in new campuses so man this has been a blessing just to remember I'm grateful for your time thankful for just you know the the role you played over the time and and it'll be fun to see what the next 10 years brings
1: absolutely well my my prayer for light bears is Uh, It says in the scriptures, as we're faithful in small things, the Lord blesses us with large things. And so uh, you guys have been faithful to steward the assets that God's given you. And so my prayer is that God would continue to bless that and that more students would grab you and Mm. say, hey, this place changed my life. And I I have no doubt when we're together, every tongue, tribe, and nation in heaven, that there'll be people that Light Bears had a role
0: in how they heard about Jesus. And to God be the glory on that. Well, it's been good. I uh, trust everyone has enjoyed uh, our reflection today. And uh, if you need more information about Lightbears, we'd love to hear from you. Info at lightbears.com. And if you want to know more about this 10-year anniversary and how you can help us make the next 10 years, uh, great. I'd love to hear from you, especially on that. So, so Ross, great to see you and look forward to, uh, to seeing you soon again. Thanks, Kevin. You've been listening to the Lightbears Institute Podcast, a production of Lightbears Ministries. For more information, visit LightBears.com.